Welcome to the Revolution of Interdependence podcast. My name is Will Sampson. I'm a change coach and a social scientist. I guide executives and companies to new levels of growth. Look, if you want to improve your life all by yourself, that's your business. But if you want help from others, that's our business. And that's what this podcast is all about, helping each other succeed. And we do that by inviting people into a growing revolution of interdependence. So many of you listening are trying to make it as an entrepreneur or maybe as a solopreneur. So I was super excited to host Nikki Ballou and to discuss how to get started as an entrepreneur, how to overcome adversity, how to build your own career, and even how to find your first 30,000 in revenue. So are you ready? Okay, then let's get started. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, this morning I have an exciting guest and a high enthusiasm guest. Sometimes I interview people and I, I you know, really, I love, to, I'm trying to figure out where the enthusiasm is. I don't wonder that with Nikki Ballou, like he is in charge and large. So Nikki Ballou, if you don't know who he is, um, you should because he's uh, the number one bestseller of eight books. He hosts uh, two podcasts and has had exciting guests like John Maxwell, Jack Canfield on. This is a guy that you need to listen to. This is a guy you need to be hearing. And I am excited to to, uh, host him here today on the revolution of interdependence. So Nikki, welcome. And uh, we always start with one question. It's an honor to be here. Excellent. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, fans or listeners of this show know that we always start with one question, which is, tell me a, tell me your story of interdependence. You know, we're so focused on how we help each other succeed. So let's kick off by having you tell me the story of someone who um, made, was a difference maker for you, someone who really played a part in helping you be where you are today. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. And secondly, um, that's a fantastic question. The, uh, the man who had the biggest impact on my life was actually my father. And um, I'll tell you why. Uh, I am an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was a young boy, the, the Islamic revolution happened in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall that this was not going to be a good situation to raise his young family in. So he actually took us out of Iran and brought us to the West. The trajectory of our entire family, but certainly my life was changed by that decision, right? Um, I got out of living in a country where there was official and legal discrimination against me for not being a Muslim, for being a Christian, and came into a place where legally before the law, everyone's treated equally. And the opportunities that are available to you um, here uh, are not limited uh, by your ethnic background, your religion, anything like that. Well, in Iran, they most definitely were. And I know it's these days it's very fashionable for a lot of people to say, America, oppressive, racist, sexist. No, this is the most tolerant, wonderful place on the face of the earth. Have there been things in the past that have been done that have not been great? Yes, that's true of every single country. What makes America different is that unlike almost every other country in the world, America actually looks back at the mistakes it's made and says, we can do better. And they do things to fix that and to correct that. And that's why it's such a beacon. When 
you ask someone anywhere in the world, yeah. where would you like to go? Where would you like to live? The answer is simple. I want to go to America. I want to be rich. That's what they all say. And that's what they all want. Sure. That is the beacon and the greatness of the United States of America. And frankly, pretty much every Western country. I don't live in America. I live in Canada myself. But that's that's the beauty. And my father making that decision to get us out of Iran, to bring us here, huge decision, phenomenal decision. And the other thing about my father that was incredible was that he was an entrepreneur and he was a caring and giving man. Dad, if you knew him and you needed a job and he had a job for you in his company, he'd give it to you. And if he didn't, he would call his friends and people he knew and he would get you that job. If you were trying to get a start in business, dad would help you get set up in business. Even if you were going to compete with him, that's how he was. <laughs> Even if you were going to compete with him, he'd get you set up right. because he believed in people that much. And if you worked for him and you needed uh, money to buy a car or a house because you didn't have enough, he would help you get that car and that house. Like you think about that. Who does that? Well, my dad did that. Many Iranian men did that of his generation, of his time who were in business. And you might ask, why, why would he do that? Why would he get people houses and cars? Why would he go out of his way to set people up in business to compete with them? Why, why would he do that? He did that because he was, a, he was a, a Christian and he believed that he'd been blessed by God and he needed to share those blessings. It was important to him to, as a good Christian man to share those blessings. But he also did it because he could. He had the wherewithal. He had, he had the financial backing to be able to do these things for him. So I wanted to be just like that. That, that was my dream growing up is I want to be like that. I want to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, when I grew up and I finally got into entrepreneurship, I, I was all about helping people. And I saw there's a lot of people that needed help. I mean, one of the key things that happens is, uh, you know, there's a, a ton of people out there that are good people. They're in business, but they're nervous about asking for business. They, they don't want to come across like they're pushy. They don't want to come across like they're salesy. They don't want to reek of commission breath, my brother. You know what I mean? And they want they want to be seen a certain way. And unfortunately, this means they don't go after business they should be going after. They don't get business they should be getting. This hurts them financially. This hurts their self-concept and self-respect. It hurts the customer they should have been helping because that customer really needed their help. And usually someone ends up working with that customer that's a charlatan that doesn't care, that is, is willing to make the sale without delivering the goods. So everybody gets hurt in that regard. And so what I learned was that I learned to help good people reframe selling to serving because no one wants to be sold but everybody wants to be served by a caring human being and a caring advocate so that's the number one thing that you know comes from directly from my father and how he was and his example and you know by doing that we've helped a lot of people good people who otherwise would be stuck on this whole sales thing right be able to dramatically increase their business and 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 do incredible things you know i'll tell you a brief story there was a woman who we worked with um she's a naturopathic doctor and in, um, in that field, they really shun business. Like, I don't know, we're all about the work and this and that. And she really wanted to grow a business and she didn't know how and she didn't want to come across like pushy and whatnot. And I said, look, do the people who come to you, do they need help? And she goes, yeah, then care about them and serve them. And she reframed her thinking and approached people and saying, hey, you know, uh, how do you feel about yourself? What's going on? And she started working with women who were, over the age of 40, you know, didn't feel sexy and beautiful like they used to. They felt like their energy was low. They were down on themselves. And she just started serving the heck out of them. And she served 
her way from a six-figure income to a seven-figure income in under three years just by that. I love that story. I love that story. That's so great because it gives context. And I love the story of interdependence that you told, you know, having, uh, do you you feel like you're carrying the legacy of your father forward when you show up to work every day? That's so great. So tell us about your journey. So you didn't wake up, you weren't, you didn't suddenly become an entrepreneur. There's a journey to get you there. Tell us about that. Tell us your backstory. Tell us about your journey. Well, you know, um, when I graduated university, uh, I went and I uh, did my master's. Um, I kind of floundered for a little bit. I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work for somebody and learn. And it took me a while. I got into high technology and it was cool. It was prestigious, but I, I really started to, to feel like I don't belong here almost immediately. And it took me eight and a half years to actually <laughs> do something about that impulse. But, um, I, the whole politics in corporations didn't hit it for me. You know, um, the idea of taking orders from somebody didn't hit it for me. I don't like being told what to do. Uh, and, um, the idea that I couldn't fix problems immediately when I saw them and I had to go through a process bothered the hell out of me. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but I didn't take action. I mean, I had a good job. I got paid well, you know, in the uh, early 2000s, I was doing six figures and I, I was a director of a sales team for a high tech company. And we had a opportunity to do business through Verizon. It was a partnership sales deal to sell um, IT security through Verizon. And I was in charge of that relationship. Anything that got sold for us through Verizon, I get a commission on. It was gorgeous and fabulous and incredible. And yeah. um, then that company, our company went bankrupt. So none of that commission ended up coming to me, you know, Um, it was God's way of saying, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. And it took me a while to figure out, you know, I need to do my own thing. And I I got into the health and fitness field and I became a a solopreneur in the health and fitness field. I started to work with a couple of Olympic gold medal athletes and these were Canadian icons. And uh, with their help, we developed a program and a methodology you know, I learned from these folks and I, and I leveraged that knowledge to uh, build a brand for myself as a top level coach for CEOs. I had a brand called the CEO Health Coach and I coached a ton of CEOs, multimillionaires, billionaires, folks like that. And uh, I could really see that I had a lot more to give these folks than just showing them how to be fit because, you know, they sucked at being fit. Most of them, they were out of shape and so forth. Right. And then God hit me with another uh, growth opportunity when my marriage broke up and it became clear to me that I wanted to do more than just be a, a fitness coach. Uh, and so um, I was sleeping on my mother's couch because it was a bad time in my life. Grown ass man, two kids, you know, <laughs> not, not at home with his kids sleeping on his mother's couch. Right. And I was at, a, at an event and a man spoke at that event and it resonated. And I just went up to him at the end. And I said, I think I should work with you. And he goes, okay, I need five grand for five hours of my time up front. And I didn't have that money. I hadn't worked in weeks, months, almost yeah. a year. And I told him that. He said, I know. He said, I'm going to give you some coaching, kid. <laughs> kid. He was barely older than I was, but I was a kid to him. Right. He said, doesn't matter whether you have money. Businesses invest in things all the time without right. their, having their own money. Said, what matters is how bad do you want change? How clear are you that 
you are looking to build something. Right. If you're clear, you will get resourceful and you'll figure it out. Right. I looked at him and I wanted to punch him, but <laughs> he was right. So I said, okay. And I went and um, I approached a couple of people that were hemming and hawing about working with me. And I called them and I said, look, here's the deal. Um, I got good news for you. I need business and I need it today. You need to get fit. And I'm going to give you the deal of a century, half price on what I quoted you before. But you got to say I'm in or out right now. And you got to pay me right now if you're in. So right. what's it going to be? Yeah. And um, a couple of guys said, yeah, okay. And uh, I went back to this guy with 2000 bucks. And he said, whoa, whoa. I said 5000 And I looked at him and I said, hey, brother, how many other people have you given this little speech to? And yeah. he said, well, you know, I've given the speech to probably 30, 40 people over the years. Okay, great. How many of them besides me ever came back with any money? He said, you're the first. <laughs> exactly. All right, take my money, yeah. write out a contract, and I'll make sure I pay the rest of it within 30 days. Yeah. And he said, okay. I was committed. Okay. I got resourceful. That's the number one thing of people that I had. I got resourceful. Didn't matter whether I had money or not. I had a dream. I was committed. I, I decided I was going to do this. I was decisive and I was yeah. ready to do the work. Like I was like, let's get up. Let's do the work. No bullshit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was coachable. I did what he told me to do. I did everything he told me to do and it worked for me. Okay. So within six months, I made a hundred thousand dollars. I paid him off. And it was what really set me up for success was that I was ready to do the work. Um, so these qualities, being resourceful, right. being decisive, ready to take action, being committed, like I'm in it to win it. There's no backing out. And then being coachable. Those are the qualities of success. And if someone's listening to the show, like, are you those things inside your own life and your own business? Are you decisive? Have you made a decision you're going to have your business be successful? Have you committed that you're going to do whatever it takes? And there's no backing up. There's no, I'll try it for a while. There's, I'm in it to win it. Right. And are you resourceful enough to come up with the money that you need to invest in mentors and coaches and what you need to do to become mm -hmm. successful? And are you coachable to take their coaching? If yeah. you have these four qualities, you will win. If you don't have these four qualities, you're going to suck ass and you're going to continue, <laughs> continue to go down the road to perdition and despair and defeat. Yeah. Now, how do you coach clients? Because this, this idea of coming through adversity coming through difficult times. So you were sleeping on your mom's couch. For me, it's my personal story is one of coming through recovery and addiction or coming through addiction into recovery and finding the, the need and the courage to put my life back together. How do you coach people to develop that mindset? Because all the other things you talk about, having the money, have, you know, having the courage, having the resilience, all that, those are characteristics that come from a decision to have the mindset and to have the courage to move forward regardless. So how do you coach your folks to develop that mindset and to keep going? Yes, you're on your mom's couch. Yes, things didn't turn out the way you thought. Keep going because, so how, how, do, you, how do you do that? How do you coach your, your folks that way? Well, first, like I said, they got to go through the decision that they're yeah. going to do this, that they got to go through the commitment that they got to do whatever it takes. They got to be resourceful enough to say, yes, I want to do this. And yeah. then they got to be coachable. They start working with me. The first thing I have them do, the very first thing I have them do is I have them get clear on um, why they want 
to do what they want to do? Yeah. What's their why? Yeah. And the why can't just be, I want to lie in a pile of money and roll around in it. Right. <laughs> There's got to be a real why. Right. You know, for me, I wanted my self-respect back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I yep. wanted my self-respect back. That was my number one. There was lots of other whys, but that was my number one why. So get clear on your why. And right. then we got to set up disciplines and habits to help you be successful. So if you're in business, let's say you've got a coaching practice and you work with folks who, you know, are, are wanting to recover out of addiction, right? And let's say that's your, your, your deal. And let's say you do a $10,000 six-month coaching program and you work with, with uh, men who uh, are business owners and uh, everything exploded and now they're, you know, they're like ready to fix it. Right. Um, the first thing I'd say to you is, okay, so we know who you want. We know why you want to do this. Um, then we got to set a target. What's your target? Yeah. You're going to tell me your target. Uh, between now and the end of the year, I want to set up 10, 10, new, 10 new clients. Okay, great. 10 new clients. Fantastic. Great target. All right. Um, what we have to do at that stage is help rewire your mindset from selling to serving. From selling to serving? Yeah. Yeah. Put you back in, into the space of serving folks. Yeah. But once you've done that, once you've got that, then it's all about there's 10 different ways that I teach people how to get clients. Mm. So the first one is warm market. Most people don't go into their warm market. They're like nervous and afraid to call people they know. Well, yeah. I got news for you. There's people you know who need your help. Right. And you're being selfish if you don't talk to them. Yeah. There's people you know who are going to commit suicide if they don't hear from someone who cares like you. It's going to happen. Yeah. Every year. I hear about somebody that I hadn't talked to in forever and took their own life. Yeah. Haven't you? Every I, year. I do. Yeah. And especially because I work with people in recovery more, yeah, more times than I'd care to count. R right. Do you know why they kill themselves? Do you want to know the number one reason why they kill themselves? They're lonely. Yeah. Yeah. They're lonely, especially men. Yeah. When you're a man in school, it's easy to make friends. If you go in the military, it's easy to make friends. That's why a lot of people come back from, tours of duty in, in, in war zones and they want to go back because that camaraderie and friendship, they don't have it in, in, in regular life, right. you know, and then you get married, you have children um, as a man and you start to lose touch with your friends. Those friendships rust out. You haven't talked to a guy in 10 years. Yeah. I talked to a man that I've been very close to who's made a massive difference in my life today. The last time we got together, man to man was in 2014. And I called him up today and I said, that's crazy. We got to meet up and do something. Right. And he said, you're right. He said, you're right. You know, and that's the truth. So, you know, that's why these men are hurting. So you coming back to you, if you were my client, I'd say, well, you're going to get on the phone and you're going to call everybody. Right. And your question when you call is, it's Will, how are you? What's going on? When was the last time someone called you? When was the last time you met with somebody? How's your, how's your battle with addiction going? Really? Yeah. And they'll tell you the truth. You know, if you have that kind of honest conversation and then you go, do you need help? And they're going to go, yeah, I need help. I want to say, I got a business where I help folks like you. Do you want to have a conversation about how we can help you deal with this for real? Get out of this. And brother, that's how you get your 10 clients. That's number yeah. one. Number two is referrals from people that, You've already worked with referrals. People don't ask for referrals. They should. Right. right. <laughs> they should. Right. 
referrals don't happen. Hey, here you go. Referrals are asked for. And then podcasting. Me going on podcasts has been fantastic. Being a guest on other people's podcasts, having my own podcast, great way to get business. A book. I've written a bunch of books. My books, you know, are helpful. People read them and they decide, hey, this guy's pretty smart. Maybe I should work with him. Uh, You you know, an online funnel, (laughs) you know, ads and things like that. And on and on and on. There's so many ways for people to do it. And I'm agnostic as to which ones you use, although I have some preferences because I know certain ones work really, really well and don't require a lot of technical knowledge on your part. You can pick up the phone and call people in your own market and call for referrals and you can get on Podmatch like you and I have and get yourself on, on shows for 50, 60 bucks a month. Right. So I like those because they're simple, easy, low barrier to entry for you. The other ones, you know, they're good. They're, they're going right. to take a little bit. It's going to take time to write a book, get it out there. It's going to take time to set up an online funnel and get it going. Right. But if somebody is serious and committed to their success, I can tell you that we've got a great uh, track record of having helped say 11 people that we've worked with have added between one and 38 and a half million to their annual income. Now the 38 and a half wow. million is an outlier, but sure, here. Um, yeah. another 70 odd people have added between a hundred thousand and seven hundred thousand dollars to their income. Wow. And, you know, those are seriously good numbers, right? Um, so if somebody, if somebody is like asking a question of themselves, well, how do you know you can do this? Well, I know I can do this because we've done it for tons of people. I know the problems people face. I know why they're not succeeding. You know, they're, they're afraid to sell. They sound like they got a male message. They sound like everybody else. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you do? I help people overcome addiction. Oh, that's great. How many other people in the addiction space say that just about everybody? everybody right. Sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that really isn't a good message. It's a shitty message, right? right. You need a way better message than that. But right. if you said, I'm a former high level executive who battled addiction and overcame it himself, put together right. a, a program because I understand what men over the age of 45 who are high-level executives deal with. I understand why they get addicted. I understand Absolutely. why they stay addicted. And I understand what it takes to solve it. If that's you and you're serious about solving it, you and I should talk about what it's going to take to do that. Now, yeah. that's a message that people that are in that space are going to look up to and go, holy crap, that's me. Okay. Yeah. Let me talk to them instead of, I help people overcome addiction. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> right, robot voice. So how do you help people? So, and and I love that. And I don't only work with people uh, in recovery, but, but, uh, but that really touches on exactly the way I want to be able to approach my marketing. How do you help people find uh, a real clear statement of their brand? How do you help them recognize what they look like in the market and have an authentic marketing plan that is authentic to their brand. How do you, how do you work with that? Okay. So I want to just be straight with you. That takes time. Okay. Right. Like anybody who says, Oh, I got it for you. Go out and do it. And right. you think that's actually going to be it. That's like one in a gazillion that'll happen right. that way. Okay. Right. Um, but the way we do what we do with folks is we, um, we have a process yeah. where we have you go into your past. Like it's mm-hmm. in a workshop that we do with people. We have you look at your life yeah. because your brand is you as a thought leader. It's nothing else. You can't invent it. And for you to really know what you are all about, you need to 
dig into you a little bit. And most people don't do that, right? right. So right. we have a process where we have people dig into themselves and come up with what in their past forged them. What are the adversities? Because these are the things that really get your expertise going. And through that, there's a whole process and it takes a, several hours and even a few days to get some statements of who you are what you're all about, what your expertise is all about, out. Then we narrow it all down into a point of focus and we have you create um, these IP snapshots. Mm. You with me? Well, IP yeah. snapshots. And these IP snapshots, they're awesome because they are statements of your IP. Yeah. And you use that to create your work, to create how you help people, to create your marketing messages. Um, and we show people how to do this. Yeah. But in a nutshell, um, the way that you get to your brand is you got to get to authentically who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to break through the, the, the pain of not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to share who you are. You know, I, I find that as I work with clients, they, they can often get caught up in their traumas and even their good times, their, sen you know, their sentimental good times of the past. And they, they don't necessarily want to be open, um, self-honest, vulnerable in a way in the market. That, and that really prevents them from being their authentic selves. Do you find that? Yeah. So, so look, there is, um, there is such a thing as oversharing. So right. Need to be careful <laughs> with that. Sure. Um, uh, and like, I'll speak you know, inside uh, as a businessman or a businesswoman, there's a way to be. Yeah. And then there's a way that's going to be, that's going to work for you as a, as, a, as a man versus as a woman. Okay. Right. Like, um, like it or not, as a man, you're expected to show some, some strength more right. than you are vulnerability. Now that doesn't mean that you got to go with all strength. Cause if you do that, that's a turnoff to people, right? It's like too much, too high energy, too high gradient. People are going to get turned off, but you got to show some strength. You can't show like you're, you can't come across like you're going to lose it. Like right. it or not, you're going to be judged. If you're a woman and you show a little bit of that, you, you know, sentimentality and crying, no one's going to judge you and say, oh, you're being weak, right? And, and like it or not, that's just how it is in our world. That's how it is in our society. It's a fact, right? Mm -hmm. But as a, as a business person, authenticity is where you got to go. Authenticity yeah. is where you got to go. Now, does that mean as a woman, you don't show strength? Not at all. You, you got to show strength as a woman too. But if you show a little bit more vulnerability than a man would, that's more accepted, right? By people. And uh, with a man, you got to show some vulnerability. But if you, know, you show a little bit more strength, that's also a bit more accepted. So you need to be very, very careful with that. Like I tell my stories. I'm real about them. I'm real about my screw ups. But I always come back to have recovered, to have been strong, have moved forward. Yeah. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean. If I didn't, from a branding point of view, that would hurt me. You understand yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? It would well, absolutely the, hurt me. Yeah, and, the and it's the truth. Makes... I am strong. I do do that, so yeah. it, it actually naturally ties in. But that's yeah. that's that's important. My lady who works with me is a yeah. beautiful blonde woman who's you know she's run uh, on a treadmill three times for twelve hours to set world records. So she's strong. She's right. <laughs> like that's nothing I've ever done. You know, right. I'm being straight right. up with you. But she's also she's also more feminine and more 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 um, you know more soft than I am. Yeah, yeah. She shows strength, but she brings her softness to the table. You understand what I'm saying? And obviously, are there exceptions to this? Are there women who can be stronger, sure? Are there men who can be softer, sure? But I'm just saying, in general, that's been my experience. 
not that I specifically coach people on this, but I am bringing this to you yeah. with respect to who's listening to the show and so forth. Now, as far as you and business is concerned, authenticity is key. You got to be real. If you're trying to show up as someone you're not, that's bad news. People will pick up on that super fast. Yeah. You know, unless you're so a charlatan, in which case that means that, you know right. what? Uh, you're, you're just, you're just somebody who goes and tries to like, uh, enroll people based on anything but the facts. And that's, you know, right. Right. And stop listening to this show. Go listen to the show for charlatans. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right. All right. So brand brand creating an authentic brand takes, takes time. We understand that as we're getting near the end though, I'd love for you to give people sort of a quick hit. I know one of the things I've heard you talk about is the idea of developing a quick, you know, $30,000 in 30 days kind of thing. Like what, if, if you can give somebody one, if you can give our list, my listeners one shot, like, Hey, try this, what would be the thing you would, you would have them try? Honestly, um, the number one thing I'd say, if you want to make 30 grand in the next 30 days is pick up the phone, go into your warm market. Yeah. Yeah. That's the number one thing I tell you to do and go there wanting to help people go there wanting to be of service to people. If you do that, you're going to do great. Um, I'll tell you a, a quick story. Yeah. There was a, um, there was a young man who came uh, to us having been also a fitness coach. This fella uh, was 25 at the time. Good yeah. dude had seven clients made under two grand a month. Like it was yeah. horrible for him. You know, was, yeah. he had to borrow money from his mom and dad to, to cover all his bills. Right. And I uh, asked him, Hey, so who do you work with? Oh, I'll work with anybody. No, no, no. Who do yeah. you work with? No, 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 no. Anybody. Okay, that's your problem right there. Let's narrow your right. niche. Because right. okay, well, my dad's a doctor, so I guess I'll work with doctors. Doctors have money, right? Oh, well, yeah. I wasn't so appealing to doctors. Doctors have money. What a great message, right? Doctors have money. <laughs> you have money, buy my service. <laughs> you have money, buy my services, right? <laughs> so it didn't really work out too good for him. Right. So he goes, okay, okay. So I'll with cardiologist cardiologist yeah yeah narrow narrow my niche more see that Nikki said narrow my narrow yeah. my niche more right no cardiologists they have more money than docs but hey that's not a message that works for them either right. so right. didn't really work out <laughs> and we started working with a fellow who was a paralympian an afro-cuban dude and yeah. this dude um he had a missing leg and he loved working with this guy and this guy loved him working with him he got him strong and set him up to go compete again and um, anyways, long story short is that, um, he came to me, you know, and he said, Nikki, I love working with these people. Yeah. I want to work with people with missing limbs. Yeah. But he signed up 400 clients in six weeks, 400. Yeah. They started coming after him. That's thought leadership. Yeah. When clients seek you out for your expertise. Why did he get 400 clients? He couldn't do any more one-on-one. He had to like build group programs and, you know, we had to very quickly design something that would work, right? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, nobody else in the fitness field was going out there saying, I'll work with you if you got missing ones. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. Blue ocean. Blue right. ocean. Blue right? ocean. I Secondly, love that. Yeah. yeah, versus the red ocean, right? Lots of right. competition. There's blood in the water. Right. Secondly, and this is very, very important. The message that he gave wasn't just, I'll make you fit, strong. The message was, 
you're just like everybody else. I'm going to treat you just like everybody else. And you're going to know yourself just like everybody else. Wow. So there's an upper layer of marketing message. and There's the lower layer of marketing message, which hits people emotionally, psychically, spiritually. Yeah. And that's how come this fellow went from making less than two grand a month to making 30, 40, 50 grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's powerful. So if your clients listen to this, care enough about helping a group of people that you'll do it for them. I love it. So if people want to work with you, how do they find you? Well, I'm all over social media. And if you want to work with me, go to my main website. It's ecircleacademy.com, ecircleacademy.com. And there's a button there that says book a call. Click on that button and book a call and let's have a conversation. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this gift to the audience. And we'll put, uh, we'll put information on how to get in touch with Nikki in the, in the show notes. And uh, thanks for being with us on the Revolution of Interdependence. Well, it was an honor to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great show. And thanks to everyone who joined me today. You can find out how to connect with Nikki in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can follow me on social media. The way to find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn is at Will Sampson Change Coach. If you'd like to receive my weekly insights, it's just a short bit of wisdom that comes out once a week. You can head over to willsampson.com and sign up for the newsletter. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified of the latest episodes. Thanks, everyone, and I will see you next time on the Revolution of Interdependence podcast.